Alright, we'd like to welcome everyone back to the latest episode of the Munro's Ice podcast. I think this is the 8th episode we're doing, but we've got a few different topics to talk about today. Of course, we had the Super Bowl and the end of the NFL season last week. Uh, we've had Clemson basketball, who, as we suggested, is one of your favorite sayings, have gone on a little bit of a tear. We'll talk about that. We have a few other topics as well that we want to mention, but first I have to ask, how in the world are you, Bluetooth? I am doing good. I've just stepped up my game a little bit now, and as Andrew said, I can legally talk on the phone driving down the road. Yeah, for any context, I sh- I, Mom sent me the picture the other day of you and that Bluetooth, by the way, and I responded, my dad looks like a loser. Because you do, you're driving around with one of those Bluetooths, and I'm just kidding, of course, but I think it looks good on you. You're officially a, uh, a businessman. Well, a high-class loser, I'll take it any day. But what I want to do now, instead of talking more about your awesome Bluetooth device, is go into our sports shout-out segment. We've got a few shout-outs that we want to get to as far as the football season and anything else. But my first shout-out is going to DeAndre Francois, who the whole saga with him is kind of murky right now. There have been domestic abuse allegations, and then I think there was something about the woman coming out and saying that she overreacted or said something... I'm not going to get into the logistics of it, but what I want to shout out is the fact that Florida State now has kicked DeAndre DeAndre Francois off the team, and they are left with James Blackman and one other quarterback on the roster, and that's it. And for two seasons now in recruiting, they have not been able to get a quarterback. So Florida State, you're kind of in for it next year, because I don't think Blackman's terrible, but I do think that offensive line is. My first shout-out is actually just going to be kind of a very basic one. Uh, A shout-out to the Patriots defense in the Super Bowl. That was a very impressive... I mean, to hold a team to three points, it it was just very impressive. That was a talented Rams team, and they completely shut them down. I would like to say that's probably the only impressive thing in that game. Maybe the punting. There was one like record punt that game, 67 yards, but... I don't think there was much impressive other than that, but I do agree. Good job on the Patriots. My next shout-out has to go to the NBA trade deadline in general, but specifically to Harrison Barnes, who in the middle of his game, he'd already played like 24 minutes, and he was traded to the Kings for, I think, Zach Randolph, Justin Jackson from North Carolina, and another player as well. But he was traded mid-game, so he played 20-something minutes, and then he gets the news on the bench that he's been traded to a different team. That's kind of what the trade deadline does to you, but it's just crazy to think you can be playing for that team and then not be on that team. I think the only thing that would have made it better is if the team he got traded to was their opponent. Because that would be pretty neat to go in the locker room, switch jerseys, jerseys and come back and beat his own team. That'd be something. But uh, My second um, shout-out, I think I'm going to go with former North Greenville University football player, Freddie Martino, who is now going to be playing in the AAF the you know professional football league. He'll be playing for the Arizona team, I believe. Yeah, Arizona so, Hotshots. Arizona Hotshots. So it's good to see a small school, local guy, you know, making it to at least another level. And I do want to talk for just a minute about the AAF, all right? And I'm going to put this on both of us. We've got to pick our favorite team for this upcoming season, our favorite AAF team. And what I've got in front of us is I'm going to go real quickly through each team some notable players. For anyone who doesn't know what the AAF is, I think, let's, I want to make sure I've got it right. The AAF stands for Alliance of American Football, and it's basically trying to be the NFL's little brother, 
kind of football in the offseason for people to watch. It's going to air on CBS and CBS Sports Networks. Some will even be on the NFL Network as well. But there are eight teams, um, and I'm going to go through them really quickly and just give you some notable players on each team because there's some names that, if you're a fan of college football or possibly NFL over the last few years, you'll recognize some of these names. On the Arizona Hot Shots, of course, you do have my man from North Greenville. Along with that, you have Trevor Knight as the quarterback, former Oklahoma guy, and I think, didn't he transfer to A&M after that? I believe so. Um, there's an Atlanta team, the Legends, quarterbacked by Aaron Murray. Um, that's a big name, obviously, Georgia quarterback. Birmingham Iron, if you remember Blake Sims, he won a national championship with Alabama. Trent Richardson, Alabama running back, who won the Heisman. Uh, Scott Tolzien as well, some other players. Nick Novak, kicker, if you're into kickers. Um, the Memphis Express has quarterback Christian Hackenberg, who, fun fact, his brother is playing Clemson or playing for Clemson in baseball right now. I forget what position he is, but he's on the team. He's a freshman this year. You've also got uh, LSU's legend, Zach Mettenberger, uh, running back Zach Stacy, The Orlando Apollos, coached by Steve Spurrier. I'm sure we're probably both going to have that as our least favorite team. Um, I don't really know any of these names. It says Garrett Gilbert, Stephen Morris, Frankie Hammond. I don't recognize many of those names. Uh, Salt Lake Stallions has rat running back Matt Asiata. He played for the Vikings. San Antonio, Antonio, San Antonio Commanders, David Cobb running back, Daryl Richardson, San Diego Fleet, Josh Johnson, Bishop Sankey. So, I don't know. I think it'll be something. I'm going to be an Atlanta fan. I'm going to put air quotes around that because... I might watch a few games. It's football. I like football, but you know, is there any name in there that really stands out to you as far as like it might be fun to watch them play? I, I mean, there's a few of the players. I, I think the most interesting, and uh, probably gonna take a little sarcastic shot, but uh, as soon as C- Steve Spurrier decides to lose a game, I'm sure he's gonna somehow find a way to quit. We all know that he walks out before he has a losing record against anybody, and. In the post game, I'm sure he'll point out that he has a winning record against Dabo. Oh, even, for sure. Even though he walked out and wouldn't face him when Dabo had a better team. That's a different story. But anyway, it sounds like a semi-interesting league, which is basically what it is, a semi-pro league. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be something for those die, die, die hard football fans to watch. But you've got that, and you've also got the XFL, which has less notable players. I think more of the players who really want to play more organized and not kind of gimmicky football or going to the AAF, but you do have the XFL. We'll see what that holds. I think that also starts this offseason as well. But that's enough talk about fake football. Let's talk about some real football because we did have the Super Bowl over the weekend. Obviously, the game was lackluster to say the least, but the Patriots did edge the Rams in that game. And I'll go ahead and let you start. I know you didn't have the opportunity to watch very much of it. You were busy, but... um, you know, what were some things that you took away from at least post-game stuff and what little bits of the game you caught? Well, as Andrew said, I didn't watch a whole lot. I was very busy that night. I had some fingernails to run across the chalkboard, which I got lucky that that was more important than the Super Bowl. Right. So that being said, um, as far as the halftime show, really don't care about those people that want to, don't want to perform because really, I don't want to hear you anyway. That's a whole different political view. If you want to know my views, you can talk to me one-on-one. Now, that being said, what little I saw, very impressive, very impressed with the defense for the Patriots. Uh, that's That was a good Rams offensive team. That was a talented team, and they completely shut them down. Uh, 
as far as the Rams, I know a lot of people want to say, well, they went away from Gurley. I, I mean, yes, they did. I don't know how much more they would have done if they would have stuck with Gurley. Um, but either way, it, it was rather boring. And I don't know if Tom Brady just decides to wait to the fourth quarter just to make the game more interesting. But it's almost like when, guys, it's time for us to score a touchdown, they do. Guys, it's time for us to drive down and kick a field goal, put it out of range, and they did. So what else can you say but Brady, obviously Gronkowski, with a couple of huge catches and the defense and, well, Coach Bill Belichick. That's pretty much the best way to sum it up. That last few words was Coach Bill Belichick because that was a very boring game. You know, some people want to talk about a good defensive battle, and that's what that was. And I think there's a difference between a good defensive battle versus just a bad offensive game. And there were a few times each defense had to stand up and do something, but overall it was just kind of a bad offensive game, especially from the Rams' perspective. Because the Rams were just, they were just too young. They just didn't look like they were ready to be there. Obviously they have a run, a young coach, a young quarterback, a young running back, and a star their defense was experienced, but it's kind of like they showed up and did what they needed to do, but their offense was really the reason they lost that game. And it's sad to see. I, I like Sean McVay, and I, I like Todd Gurley. I'm kind of indifferent on Jared Goff, but you know he had even admitted, admitted after the game that it was kind of on him that they lost. And I would agree. I think Goff looked a little shaky, but other than the end of the game where Brady just turned it on, he wasn't anything spectacular either. That really was the defense, and... You know, overall, that's what I have. What? You made a face. I don't know that the listeners want to hear what I have to say. Say it. I was just going to say that I, since we're talking NFL football, my knees were starting to hurt, so I was just going to go ahead and stand back up. Oh, uh, gotcha. I do. I, I'm going to take a knee every time we talk about NFL football because I just don't respect them. But that's a different story. Dang. All right. All right. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, ultimately, that's kind of what we were dealing with as far as that game goes. It was a... a just kind of a boring Super Bowl. I don't really want to talk too much more about it. Patriots won again. whoop de doo Like, we really care. Um, Tom Brady, I mean, he is the GOAT. I think it's kind of official at this point that he will go down as the greatest of all time at the quarterback position, and I hate to say it. But let's move on to something we are both a little bit more passionate about. Clemson basketball. We beat Pittsburgh last week. We talked about it on the show, I think. We played two games this week against Wake Forest and then against Georgia Tech. And let me just read you the final scores of these games real quick. Uh, Wake Forest, it was at home, and we won 64-37. to And then at Georgia Tech, 65-42. to I remember when we said that the Georgia Tech game, we thought it could be like a six-point game or something like that. We had, if I'm looking at it correctly, oh yeah, definitely, a bigger margin of victory on the road than we did at home. I mean, we have looked a lot better Really, the NC State game was still a good game by us, just bad at the very end. But since that, we've turned on the Jets and looked very good. Definitely. Uh, and that's the thing. I'm, I'm very impressed. I almost wish that NC State would have shot the ball against us the way they would have would have or did against Virginia Tech. Uh, don't know, just off the subject a little bit, real brief, I don't know if you saw what they did against Virginia Tech. No, I actually haven't seen it. Uh, Scored 14 points the first half. Never mind. And upon coming in the second half and coming out, you know, much more fired up, they scored 10 the second half and scored 24 points. I remember that. Yep. I believe the final stats, I don't, I do not have them in front of me, but I thought it, it, it 
this is totally made up, so nobody called me out on this. But it could have been something like a nine for 55 from the field. Good Lord. Uh, but anyway, they drained a three against us, broke our hearts. So we know they can shoot, so we can't make fun of them too much because you know, they put it us. But that being said, very impressive three games winning streak. Uh, play Virginia Tech tomorrow, just to go ahead and make a prediction. I do believe that at home will take care of Virginia Tech. Uh, they are... More than likely, their star player won't be playing, mm-hmm. which is very important to us because we know what it's like to lose a star player. And, of course, we lost Marquise Reed for a little while. Yeah. So it's, I'm hopefully we can take advantage and, and continue to play good basketball and get back up to 500 in the conference. Yeah, going back to that NC State thing, I actually do remember seeing that because I was watching, I think it was the Pittsburgh game when it was going on there at the same time, and they were laughing the whole time saying, you know, let's hope that, you know, let's hope that Wake Forest can put up some more points. I said Pittsburgh. I meant Wake Forest because Wake only had 37. And in the first half, we we held them to very little points, and they were talking about it as the commentators. They were like, well, we saw what NC State did. So, yes, I do remember that. But overall, I'm really glad to see Elijah Thomas staying in the game. Yes. I think last week or the week before that, we talked about the fact, or at least I did, that Thomas just cannot seem to stay in the game. He always fouls, dumb offensive fouls, uh, you know, the defensive fouls as they come. But especially against Wake Forest, where he dropped 23, 10 rebounds, and he had seven blocks in that game. It was just a crazy monster performance. And then against Georgia Tech as well, I don't think he was in foul trouble either. So I'm glad to see he's on the floor. Of course, we have Reed. Mitchell's picked up his game. Sims and Scara are still out there. Scara's a pretty good scrappy player. I like him more this year than I did last year. But overall, I'm pretty impressed with where this team's at. Obviously, next week coming up, We've got Virginia Tech and then Miami. Um, We're playing at home against Virginia Tech and then at Miami. And I'm with you. I think that we've got a really good shot to beat Virginia Tech. And at Miami is going to be a tough game, but I could see us edging it out. Well, this is not a very good Miami team. Mm. I think that they're they're, they're lacking. So we're definitely better than Miami. I would put Georgia Tech equally as good as Miami. Uh, Don't expect us to go down there and blow them out, but to go pull off a well, as we said earlier, a six-point win, maybe a ten-point win, but a win's a win. So let's hey, let's see if we can't get up to six and five in the conference next time we're talking here. Honestly, and I think after next week's game, we might go through the rest of the schedule and see post winning streak or losing streak, whatever we've done, and then go and redo our thoughts on the rest of the season. But there's a good shot we can sneak in again to the tournament, like we've been saying, make a run in the ACC tournament and kind of boost our stats a little bit, but. Overall, Clemson basketball is looking more impressive, and it came at the right time. Yes. So moving on really quickly to some more basketball, I do want to talk for a second about the NBA trade trade deadline and what exactly went on. Um, long story short, with Anthony Davis, absolutely nothing happened except for now. The Lakers kind of all know their role with LeBron. You know, every Laker knows that we're expendable to LeBron. You know, there's the rumors that they were going to trade Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, all of those guys and future picks just to get Anthony Davis. They're like, yeah, if we can get Davis, we don't want any of you. And it's kind of sad to see, not sad necessarily, but like putting yourself in their shoes, just looking at it saying, I am expendable. But there were some trades by, I really want to highlight three different teams who are competing in the Eastern Conference who made big moves. And I know you don't keep up with the NBA a lot, but this might be a good time to look at the East at least because LeBron isn't there, so it isn't the situation of LeBron versus the Warriors again. That's not going to happen. 
So we can look at teams like the Bucks, who I'll talk about first. Obviously, they have one of my favorite players in Giannis. They have Chris Middleton. And they just acquired Nikola Mirotic. He's a four. He plays the power forward spot. He's a great three-point shooter, and he's pretty crafty as well. Solid passer, not the best defender, but they really needed to space the floor more with Giannis there since he can't shoot as well. But their starting lineup consists of four shooters and Giannis, and that's even at the center position with Brooke Lopez. So that's a scary offense. Then you've got the Raptors, who just got Mark Gasol. So their starting lineup is Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, Kyle Lowry, Mark Gasol, and Serge Ibaka. That's a pretty good lineup as well. And then the Sixers, who might have the scariest starting lineup of all, just got Tobias Harris from the Clippers, who's been having a pretty close to an all-star season this year. But they're going to be look, looking pretty scary as well with Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and Jimmy Butler there. So do you have anything you want to add to that? Of course, I kind of put you on the spot with NBA. I recognize this isn't your thing. But who do you think might come out if you've got the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, who are still kind of in the mix, and it looks like, oh goodness, what's the fourth team? Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Sixers. Sixers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be the Bucks. I, I'm, I'm with you uh, watching the Greek freak play. He is an amazing basketball player. When you have a, I believe, is he six foot eleven? Yeah, something like that. You have a six foot eleven point guard slash. Small forward, Small forward center, power forward yeah, center, everything, and, and he's just—he's a mismatch for just about anybody. He's a fantasy basketball player's dream, and just like I said, he's an amazing basketball player. And the pickup that they made, which was big, along with the teams that they already had, I, I definitely think that they are the best team in the East. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know who's quite ready to beat the uh, the Warriors. Warriors. And, and, you know, because you, you look, and, and Giannis all of a sudden will be going, I'm sure, matched up with a Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. who is somebody who ha- basically has his similar size build, who, of course, is one of the best in the NBA also. So, and I think it's a would be a nice matchup, uh, fun to watch. But, yeah, I think it'll be the Bucks, Okay. Losing to the Golden State. Interesting. I think if I had to pick a team, I might go with the Sixers just because of their pure talent. I agree the Bucks are a better team, like, collectively. I'd like to think that, you know, with Embiid and Simmons, and it might just be because they're younger, honestly, that they might not make it. But looking at all these teams, I really can't make a pick. So I'm going to go with the Sixers just because I really like Tobias Harris's fit with them. I think if Jimmy Butler's ego can get pushed to the side a little bit, they can make a big run. But really, the, the East is wide open, and then obviously the West is pretty locked up with teams like the Nuggets and the Thunder right behind them looking really good, but I don't think anyone's beating the Warriors. But I do think this playoff season, whenever it comes around, will be a pretty entertaining one for the most part. Lastly, for the last segment of the show, I'm um, switching up the script a little bit. We had the All-Star Draft the other night. They televised it this year. Uh, two years ago, the captains were LeBron James for the Cavaliers and then Steph Curry for the Warriors. And what they did was drafted all of the All-Stars the starters, and then the reserves. And they did it this year, and they televised it. And what I want to do is see if you think similarly to the entire world or differently for any reason, because everyone's saying that LeBron's team is super stacked, and Giannis kind of didn't do too well as far as drafting players. But what I want to do is just go through the starting lineup of each team, and I'll name each player, and then kind of give you a visual as well. I'll turn my computer over here. But... 
give me your thoughts. Kind of like what we did last week with the East starters versus the Warriors. We're going to go through starter team versus starters. But first off, on the starters for each team, we have Kevin Durant on LeBron's team matching up against Giannis on Giannis's team. Well, I actually didn't know that they got kind of drafted as forwards uh, opposing each other. That was, of course, who I kind of matched up in the NBA in the finals. finals. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I think that's just a great matchup. And Durant, of course, is more of a, a veteran. But I don't know that I necessarily take him over Giannis. So I, I'm almost go advantage. That would be, well, that's Giannis's team, correct? Yeah. He's the one that drafted. Yes. I, I'll give advantage to him. Yeah. He is the captain. I'd probably give it to Giannis as well. Then LeBron also drafted James Harden, and Giannis drafted Steph Curry. This isn't an order, by the way. We've just got it listed on the screen here, so we'll just go by how they're matched up. But James Harden or Steph Curry right now? Let's go with this season. I'm going to go with James Harden. He is having an unbelievable season. I don't see any way he's not the MVP unless somebody's having a type year that I'm not familiar with. So I'll, I'll take Harden over Curry. I think this season I would as well. I'm going to give it to James Harden. I think Curry overall is a better and more effective player, but I'll give it to James Harden. Next, we're going to go with Kyrie Irving matching up against Kimba Walker, which I'll go ahead and say I absolutely love Kimba, and I'm giving it to Kyrie. I think Kyrie's just a better player than Kimba. I think Kyrie's definitely a better player. So right now we have 2-1 to one LeBron's team, and next we have LeBron James, and we'll match him up against... We've got Joel Embiid and Paul George. LeBron's team doesn't really have a big, so I'll put LeBron against Joel Embiid. I mean, obviously Embiid is a as an all-star center. He's an amazing player, but LeBron can just do... He can do everything. I guess I'm going to lean toward LeBron, but it's not by much because of... Embiid's ability to rebound, and he is a true center. Right. It's hard to match up players who aren't the exact same position, especially when you're putting them one-on-one. I mean, LeBron is the best player on the planet, so I'm going to give it to LeBron as well. And then finally, we have Kawhi, and we'll match him up against Paul George, who Paul George is having an MVP caliber season. I really think I'm going to pick Paul George, especially recently, even though I love Kawhi and everything about his game. Even though George has been on fire, and I would definitely agree, I I'd still would lean toward Leonard. I think he's just a little bit better player. But it it's here again, they're they're both all-stars, and I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between the two. No. And looking at the reserves, we're not going to go through all this, but like notable players for LeBron's team, which is very interesting, I'll go ahead and point out that he drafted Anthony Davis immediately as his first bench player because Davis wasn't a starter, so he couldn't be picked as a starter. He gets Davis. He gets Clay Thompson next. He also picks up Damian Lillard. And those three are all players. I think he got them in that order. Those are all players who have either been in trade rumors, linked to the Lakers, or expiring contracts. Along with that, Kevin Durant, expiring contract. Kyrie Irving, expiring contract, who's going to get either a new deal or... Again, looking at the Lakers, Kawhi Leonard, expiring contract. The only player in the starters LeBron didn't get was James Harden, and he got James Harden with the seventh pick in the draft, the guy who looks like the MVP. So everyone's kind of looking at that and saying, LeBron's making a sales pitch here. He's kind of he's picking his guys that he can recruit to L.A., and I think that's kind of what happened, honestly. 
Well, since we're now talking about LeBron's team, I actually didn't see the reserves at the time, but having Anthony Davis as a reserve center, well, advantage Team LeBron over Joel Embiid because I would take Anthony Davis as the top center in the league. Right, I would as well. And then names like LaMarcus Aldridge, who's really good, Bradley Beal, who's been killing it, who's going to be better now that John Wall's hurt. Beal's going to have to carry a better load. Clay Thompson, Ben Simmons, those are all really good. Versus Blake Griffin, who's coming back. Nikola Jokic, who's who's good, but not as good as some of these players. Kyle Lowry, who I think is kind of overrated, honestly, I always have. Giannis picked Middleton, his teammate, with his first reserve pick. You know, Middleton's really good, but not worth the first pick. No. Um, D'Angelo Russell came in, Nikola Vucevic. So, really, I think LeBron's team is significantly better. He also, LeBron also has Cat, by the way. So... And it's also funny, one last thing. I know we're talking way too much about this All-Star thing, but Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons were traded. Like, after the draft, LeBron and Giannis traded Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. So there was actually a trade going on in the All-Star game. And a lot of people are saying LeBron kind of felt bad for Giannis because his team just doesn't look as good. And they sent him Russell Westbrook, the former MVP, who this year I've kind of been harping on as far as not being as good as he has been in the past for Ben Simmons. But, you know, anyway, that's enough of me yapping about this. I'll let you talk anymore if you have something you want to say. Well, I just I, I didn't realize he was on the All-Star team, but I guess I'll go ahead and put, on, put in my vote for MVP of the game, uh, averaging 4.4 points a game, .3 assists per game, and 1.7 rebounds a game. Now, I'm very aware he doesn't play as much. He's older, and he is one of the great greats of all time, but Dirk Nowitzki. So I'm going to go ahead and say that he ends up being the MVP, scoring at least five points, and um, I'm assuming that's kind of a last hoorah token game for him. Him and Dwayne Wade were thrown in as, like, special captains or, like, special picks type deal, just basically kind of a last hoorah. It's both of their last season – LeBron had the first pick of those two guys, and of course he went with his best friend, Dwayne Wade. But they're just kind of some throw-in guys they had for the game. But I think it's fun. I don't mind it if they're additional, but I wouldn't want it if they were replacing someone who deserved to be an all-star, you know? Well, this is one thing that I will say. LeBron's team is definitely better. Uh, Apparently, with everybody pointing out how much better they are, as far as the game itself... Uh, not meaning a whole lot to, to a lot of people. I'm going to take Team Giannis to win. Okay. Just just with a little more fire, a little more heart, and a want to prove somebody wrong. So I'm I'm actually going to lean toward Team Giannis to take the game. I think Giannis's philosophy was to get people who have been like first time All Stars. Because if you look, a lot of them were either first time All Stars. You got Jokic, Middleton. Um, D'Angelo Russell, Vucevic on the starting line. I mean, Kemba kind of counts just because he's been an all-star, but he's a first-time starter. But he said that he wanted to get the guys who were going to fight to win and try harder. So that was kind of Giannis's thing. He wanted to get the long guys, you know, pretty big team. And he also wanted those people who aren't, you know, who haven't been there all the time. So maybe they'll do something. I mean, it'll be a fun game to watch. I like watching the all-star game just because it's the best players in the world goofing around and showing off how good they are. Um, so I know a lot of people don't like it, and they, they say it's pointless, but the money goes to charity, whichever team wins. So I think it's a good event overall, and the NBA really does kill it as far as 
um, advertising and having everything be surrounded about them. I mean, we, we talk about the NBA a lot just as sports fans in general because even in the heart of the NBA or the NFL season, what are we talking about instead of the Super Bowl like last week? We're talking about the NBA. So, got to give props to the NBA and what they're doing. But that is going to end it for our show here. This one was kind of a little... It felt different. This episode felt a little bit different, but we joked around a little bit. We talked a lot more about basketball than we anticipated. We've got Clemson coming up, so is there anything you want to conclude with as far as this episode? I think we're good here. We'll leave the Donald Trump out for now, and we'll keep it to sports. We'll uh, we'll build a wall around Trump and keep him in and keep us out so we can talk more about sports. All right, sounds good. All right, I'll see you guys later.